You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. First time today, they're going to let Odell Beckham Jr. look to throw it. He's done it once. He's got a man wide open. It's caught for the touchdown. The second touchdown pass of the year from Beckham. He hits Russell Shepard, and the Giants have the lead. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Uh, yeah, now, that, we got off our social soapboxes and you know our our you know. Well, th- feeling this, is really, let's, this let's, is really interesting. The the yeah. week was so so larger than life in, in a in a time of the year that's not usually unless you're in the Super Bowl. This time of the year is news slow where. A week ago, if I had told you we hired Freddie Kitchens to be the tight end coach, that would be Giants Twitter for the whole week, analyzing and arguing over that. But instead, I, I couldn't even get an ed, a word in edgewise because of all the other bullshit going on. So there's a whole list of guys I'm just going to ramble through. I mean, there's some stuff to go over. There's not a ton, so I'm not going to waste your time. But, well, you know, this, this is what this show is, is supposed to be about. We're supposed to be taking these small things and telling you what yeah. a big deal it's going to be. And uh, it, it's crazy how that pales in comparison to what what actually yeah. happened. Or um, small or small things that people are making a big deal about that really they don't need to make a big deal about as well. So right. it's, yeah. it's, 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 they're interesting. It's been a very interesting coaching onboarding with a lot of names. Yeah. You know, some big names, but they're all a lot of names that are like, Makes you kind of wonder what are we really doing with some of these hires? Sure, um, I think I like a lot of them though. I mean, there's some that I'm a little head scratchy, and I, we'll we'll get into that. But well, there's one guy I truly do not like, and we'll get to, and when you as you're naming them out, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. So I go ahead. I, I think I do, but uh, <laughs> see the one that we don't even know what he's doing yet. No. Oh. Oh. Okay. So I'll go down the list. Um, these are not in any sort of order, but Freddie Kitchens was hired as the tight ends coach. Um, mm-hmm. Freddie Kitchens is a former quarterback. He was a running backs coach for a number of years at a number of different places, in North Texas, Mississippi State, at the Arizona Cardinals with Cleveland. He was a te- uh, tight ends coach at a number of different places with Mississippi State, Dallas, Arizona. And he was even a QB coach for Arizona. He was an offensive coordinator with Cleveland. He was a head coach at Cleveland. That tells me when he was teaching all the skill positions, essentially, of an offense and is also an offensive coordinator and was a head coach, that he's a good coach. You know, maybe he can't handle the big stage. Maybe he was just too young to handle the big stage. Maybe he was set up for failure in Cleveland. I don't really know. But the fact is that this is a smart offensive mind. You know, you don't just transition from different position coaches and keep moving up the chain if you're a dummy. And, so, and not even moving up the chain, fast-tracked up the chain. We sure. were talking about, I mean, how old is the guy? He's Everything I just said was from 2001 and on. Yeah. I mean, he was a quarterback at Bama. I, I was already out of school. So, yeah. you know, that's he, – he's – but you're right. You know, just because we get a bunch of old failed head coaches on this – Staff does not mean they are not good coaches. Yeah, they just they just might have you know been ahead of their skis too much, too much too soon. You know, even think about uh, Pat Shermer got snapped up as an offensive coordinator, 
the ink wasn't even dry on his settlement here, and he had another job. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, the, the, part of being a head coach is being a CEO and delegating. Part of being a position coach is doing the little things. Some people aren't good at giving that up and giving it to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are very good at being very involved in things, and uh, you know, when they go to orchestrate the whole symphony, you know, they can't stop tinkering with the fucking violins and everything else is all screwed up. So, and, and the thing also is, you know, some coaches that are established head coaches, when they bring in, I don't want to say an all-star cast, but a, a big name cast, like what this one is, there are more names and accomplishments than head coaching level, but that's where you see, you know, trouble. You know, when, when Nick Saban brings in Elaine Kiffin, yeah. You know that's going to be a personality conflict because, you know, obviously Nick Saban is one of the two best coaches of my lifetime and has a set way of doing things. And a guy with an ego comes in. Joe Judge is not a head coach. He's never head coached a game before in his life. But having guys that have had all of them have been all the way up the coaching ranks from, you know, position coaches, coordinators, head coaches, and back down again. That's going to help him establish what his identity is because let's face it. When you hire a staff like this, any success we're going to have, these guys are going to move on to better gigs. Yeah. So it's, we've not, this is not the staff of the next 10 years. That doesn't happen anymore. No, but I I like the Freddie kitchens hire. Um, he can get wrapped up in tight ends, and, and quite frankly, we have a very talented tight end that has yet to really use his talent. We've got another one that's on the rise as a more well-rounded tight end. We haven't gotten much out of that position group, despite the, the investments we put in it by, by giving a four-year deal to Rhett Ellison and, and using a first-round pick on Evan Ingram. We haven't really gotten much out of there. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this, the offenses we were running, the, you know, the, the, the trouble with the offensive line, you know, Having a, you know, a rookie quarterback playing, you know, so maybe you're not seeing second, third reads through those guys. Uh, they're all factors. I mean, I'm, to I'm it. talking about the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah we've had a, a crappy offensive line for the last couple of years. We had Eli, which was, you know, not peak Eli, and then now we had a rookie quarterback. So there's a lot of factors why we didn't get most out of that the position. Fair, you know, and so. Um. The offensive line, our, our last episode, I think it was only just rumored at the time, it is now confirmed, uh, will be coached by Mark Colombo. He's a former tackle himself. Um, I think he was drafted by Chicago, but I don't know if he played there much. He's mostly in Dallas, and he was a right tackle, I believe, the whole time he was there. Um, and, you know, immediately went into coaching. You know, from 2016 to 2018, he was the assistant O-line coach there, and then 18 and 19, he was the O-line coach there. He got mm-hmm. the opportunity to coach under Jason Garrett, which he will continue to do. And uh, he got to coach some of the best offensive linemen in the league. I mean, Travis Frederick's an an all-pro center, I believe. Zach Mm -hmm. Martin is an all-pro guard. And Tyron Smith is an all-pro left tackle. I mean... It helps to have marble when you're building a statue as opposed to limestone. But you also need to have a master craftsman making that statue. Mm -hmm. Um, The Giants also hired Brett Bielema as the outside linebackers coach. Is this the one? No. Oh, okay. I was, I would have been surprised. Brett BM, BM is how you say his name. BML. I'm sorry. BMA. Whatever. Um, 
he's he's a, a linebackers coach mostly by trade. Uh, he coached at, at Iowa way back in 1996 to 2001. He was a defensive coordinator at Kansas State, Wisconsin, head coach of Wisconsin, which is where I remember him from. Um, from 2006 to 2012, it's a long, long stretch, and I believe yeah, he's a he's a, he's a head coach by trade because then he was at yeah. Arkansas for several years. Yeah, and- for four year, four or five years, he was in Arkansas. Yeah, um, and then he kind of, you know, Arkansas is one of the lower tier SEC teams just in terms of recruiting. It, it, it might be the overall biggest underachieving team in the SEC because they have. I've been to uh, Fayetteville. I saw. I saw Arkansas and Bet his team beat my Gators. They have tons of money. They yeah. have nice facilities everywhere. They have Walmart money. They have a track and field facility that's nicer than Vanderbilt's football stadium. But they just underachieved because they, you know, they have not done very good with hirings. And Bet was not a very good hire. He was not did not do anything at Arkansas. No, but, he but not, I mean, he did he stuff at Wisconsin. Him. Yeah. I mean, Easier I remember place. he beat Ohio State. It was the number one ranked team. I remember watching that on TV. Um, it's easier to recruit there, and especially, you know, they, they they get those hogs up there for offensive line. It's the same it's the same team every year. They always have the exact same type of running back running behind the exact same offensive line. Uh, I guess that's pretty fair. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he, he, he left, went to – he went to New England, and we knew it was going to be a short period of time before he would – you know, start making his way up the chain. So he was like a head coach's assistant in New England, and then they gave him the D-line coach thing. Now he's doing linebackers, and, you know, should this team have a good defense next year, he'll probably be gone as a defensive coordinator somewhere else. Um, Again, head coaching experience, a lot of it. Um, That's that's quite the hire, in my opinion. Um, Kevin Scherer is going to be handling the inside linebackers. Um, he's got some SEC roots as well. I mean, went from Alabama as the player development guy, uh, then to South Alabama. Then he coached outside linebackers at Georgia for three years. He was the defensive coordinator for Tennessee for a year, and then the linebackers coach and special teams coordinator at Tennessee last year. Doesn't stick out to you. <laughs> Pretty uh, pretty atrocious defenses at Tennessee, but but Georgia is com- linebackers you're, you're though. Ca- you're coming up on the reason for the reason for the guy I didn't I don't like. Probably was the reason why he didn't have very good defenses at Tennessee. Okay, um, I'm assuming you mean Derek Dooley. Absolutely. Well, that's that was who I thought it was. We don't know what yeah. he's doing yet. Uh, as far as <laughs> we didn't know Giants. what he was, we really didn't know what he was doing when he was the head coach at Tennessee. We we don't know I, what he's been hired to do. Um, if his last name wasn't Dooley because he's the son of Vince Dooley, I don't know if he has a job in football. <laughs> he was an atrocious coach for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Bad. So yes, he has head coaching experience, but he's also head coach at Louisiana Tech. <laughs> well, congrats. Yeah, <laughs> but that's head coach experience. You probably want quarantine away from your coaches. Um, he's going to be an offensive assistant of some kind. He doesn't have a um, a position as far as we know is the the fans, the public. Um, mm-hmm. but he's been in football for a very long time. Nineteen ninety seven is really when he came in at, at SMU. Um, 
He was with Dallas for four years um, as a wide receivers coach. Most recently was the offensive coordinator and QB coach for Missouri. So that means he worked with Drew Locke for a year. That is correct, yes. Um, yeah, I, I had a feeling that was the guy. That was my... <laughs> I, I, I have no strong feelings about that. I saw his resume and I was like, this is not... This is this is pretty underwhelming, but again, I I, I can't judge the hire yeah, because but, I don't know what the fuck he's been hired to do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he's part of a staff. You know, we don't know what his role is, and it might be, maybe he does something really well. Maybe he's a quality control guy. Maybe he's a a specialist or somebody. Maybe he's a position coach. It, who knows? So let's. He could be the assistant discussion. wide receivers coach. Yeah, you know? let's, that's, that's uh, let's, nothing right there. Let's see what he's actually doing before we completely slam it. But Do you know what my guess is, though? What? Passing game coordinator. A then the I may need to go get a drink. That's the case. <laughs> That's just my shot-in-the-dark guess. I don't know. And, and what's interesting is that Joe Judge has said about his hiring process is that he wants teachers. He doesn't want coaches. He wants them to be good teachers. And... Uh, you know, maybe he, maybe Derek Dooley just hasn't found what he's good at teaching yet. You know, maybe maybe, maybe he's only good at well, very specific like, things. It sounds like he's done everything already, and I don't think he's done anything really that well. So That's, that is true. He's he's taught wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. Uh, he's been a head coach. He's been an offensive <laughs> coordinator and a QB coach. I mean, what's left? I mean, ball boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, guy who runs out and gets the T after the guy kicks off. I mean, it's usually a dog, isn't it? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've also hired Jerome Henderson as the defensive backs coach. Um, he's a former yeah, he, former corner himself that I remember when he played with the Jets. This is a huge hire. I mean, this position has to be yeah. on point because we have a lot of talent, but it looked very poorly coached. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of guys with poor technique, bad communication back there, a a defense that was not simplified down to help out a struggling unit back there. So there is a lot of work to be done with a lot of raw talent mm-hmm. that, and I'm sure will be supplemented by some more raw talent in this upcoming draft and unreached, you know, undrafted free agency class coming in. He, he was, he's a former corner himself. I remember when he played with the jets, he was an assistant DB coach with the jets and a DB coach. Oh seven to Oh eight. Uh, he mm-hmm. would then went to Cleveland where he oh nine to 11 then to Dallas and then he was sort of the defensive passing game coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons from 16 to 19, which means he has Super Bowl experience. Well, it also means he's had a lot of jobs, and that has that and makes very me quickly, wonder. I mean, wh- why? When did? Wh- well, I mean, they're all going up the chain. Yeah, assistant I, I, coach to DB coach, and then I mean, when when you go to Cleveland, and you, whenever I see somebody had a brief stint in Cleveland, I associate that with them just flipping their entire front office like they always do. So I, <laughs> that may not be directly related to him, um, but to go from DB coach to defensive passing game coordinator tells me something. But yeah, you know, here's a guy who retired in '98 and is already coaching in in '06. Mm-hmm. So, um. It seems like a pretty young staff. It is a mostly young staff. Um, Which is something that there's been some criticism about this organization that we have not jumped in with both feet into the 21st century with 
modern offenses, modern, uh, you know, analytics, modern scouting, modern everything. So seeing, you know, a, a, a younging, that's a word, a, a, a next generation of coaches with experience, I think kind of helps out a little bit. It would be kind of funny to see, you know, some of these younger guys, um, like not, not the, not the dualies of the world, but, uh, you know, Kevin Schur and, you know, maybe, maybe Jerome Henderson, you know, maybe Mark Colombo, these guys kind of end up in head coaching gigs a couple of years from now and talking about the Joe judge tree of coaching. <laughs> that'd, that'd be pretty funny, but I mean, well, it, right it's now, not he's, impressive. He's, I mean, he's, he's the an, young guy hiring he, young guys. I mean, he's an acorn right now, so let's not even well, worry about this I, things from history. What I'm saying is, uh, the, these his his methodology of of getting guys allegedly, you know, we're not in the hiring process and we don't have a resume to go off of, is that he's trying to get a certain kind of communicator, somebody who can speak to the players in a way where they were uh, they will understand what it is they're supposed to do. It is not a my way or the highway. Uh, th- th- this is the way that he's sort of um explained. Yeah, but and then anybody, he idolizes coaches that knows how to talk to specific players to get them to understand. That's coach speak. I mean, maybe. Th- that that is a dinosaur now in this league anybody who's the my way or highway guys. I mean, let's remember when Coughlin's last couple of years people want to get rid of him because they were like he was not able to keep they, the criticism was he couldn't communicate with the modern players. So of course a coach is going to say that. I mean, let's yeah, actually, let's so. see it. Yeah. Well, again, what I said, I preface it by, we don't have a resume to go off of. This is all alleged. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is I mean, what it is. I, I had my, my one opportunity to, uh, to throw nobody, a Wolf Wall Street joke on that. So nobody won the off season more than Derek Dooley at Tennessee. And that was a, that statement was one of those winning the winning the offseason moments. So, so he's very com- he feels right at home, Derek Dooley. Hearing things like that. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. I mean, we we are almost all the way filled out. I mean, Derek Dooley, like I said, does not have a uh, position as far as we know on the roster. Is there a Limit to the number of coaches you can have on a staff? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. But I do think that it's kind of one of those things you don't want uh, – what is it? Too many chiefs, none of Indians or something like that? Whatever the phrase so, is. Yeah. And I, there might be some rules to how many people can be in on the field, in the boxes. Because I, I, otherwise you can have as many coaches as you want probably. But I don't – But we don't I, have I, a I defensive thought... line coach anymore since Freddie Roach left. Who has went, – went from Old Miss – to the Giants, to back to Old Miss, and now I think he's at Alabama in the span of like a week and a half. Yeah, <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so you know we don't have a defensive line coach. Uh, as far as I know, there's no assistant defensive backs coach. Um, but but defensive line is the last major spot to be filled out. Yeah. So, and there's really not a heck of a lot going on right now, other than evaluation at the. Senior Bowl and all the uh, the All Star Bowl games, so and that's over with. So now you're starting to get you're starting to get now into draft preparation. But that's more, you know, your scouting department, your scouts, your GM. So yeah, and um, you know, that's pretty much 
it. That is that is the Giants as of tonight. Um, Super Bowl prediction. It's very early. Um, it's Monday. I mean, yeah, we're not going. But I, mean, gonna, I haven't. We're... I haven't even thought about it because of this fucking past week. That's what I mean. I, I, um, I think There's it's been going a lot to going be. On, yeah. I, I think it's going to be very hard for the 49ers to find a way to slow down a Chiefs offense that not a lot of teams have figured out how to slow down. Um, See, that's interesting. That's I feel like this game reminds me so much of Giants-Buffalo in Super Bowl twenty-five. You know, Buffalo had an offense that was almost impossible to stop. Um, the 49ers can modify their game plan to beat you in a number of ways. Sure. And, and I think, I really think you can see either continuation of running the ball down your throat and having the ball for 40 minutes, like we did against the bills or, you know, don't forget they have possibly the best tight end in the league. Who's been on mothballs for two weeks. They have a really good receiver in Samuel, which has been, he's been on mothball for two weeks. There's a lot they can do, and they there, have. There are a, things they can do, and I would not put it past Andy Reid to find a way to fuck it up. But right, they have a and they have a solid defense with a solid pass rush, and they have a good secondary. I think that they have a much better defense than the, the Chiefs. Kind of have a defense that allows them to hang around. Um, they're allowed to just pin their ears back a lot because they score so many points on offense, um, and quite frankly. Uh, they have had two back-to-back weeks of very sluggish starts to their games against much inferior teams. So th- I'm not in any way saying it's a runaway. I'm my my thing is I meant literally speed um, might be the problem for San Francisco. I mean the, the the Chiefs' offense is just so fast. All of them. It's fast. It, yeah. I mean they they. I know we talk about explosive in a one play can change the game kind of thing, and that that is also true. But when it comes to speed, it really is one play away, and it's very likely to happen in in certain scenarios. I mean, you have guys like Tariq Hill that can literally run past every single player on that 49ers defense in the defensive backfield. So just one slip up, and there's a touchdown pass, and they they will be waiting for that to open up. I am. Their their defensive line is so fast, much too. better. And but, but again, but again, what, what we're talking about is Patrick Mahomes is probably the ideal mold of mobile quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. His ability to throw from awkward angles without looking, with you know, with, with incredible arm strength and accuracy on the move, is what sets him apart from other mobile quarterbacks. Um, yeah. He can. It really has to be, and I'm not saying it can't be done. But what what makes it very difficult is it needs to be a collective pass rush that really keeps Patrick Mahomes facing the music. He's got to stay in the pocket, and he's got to get hit enough times to throw off his rhythm. And it can be done. And I I think the 07 I, I, Giants is a way to look at how to disrupt the rhythm of a very 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 unprecedented offense. Yeah, I, I and I think they're going to do it. I think. I think San Francisco wins this game something like 27-20. I think it's, uh, you know. It'll be exciting because it's still one play away. Yeah. I mean, last year's Super Bowl was incredibly rare, how how low scoring it was and boring it was. 
this will be exciting, I think. I think you're going to see lots of – I think you're going to see good football. I, I think, think you're going to be seeing see, some turnovers too. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be good football. I think you're going to see good, hard-hitting. You're going to see you know, Mahomes. And, and all of a sudden now now the narrative is uh, Garofalo sucks. And that, that's not the case. I think that uh, – you know, I think he makes a lot of money. I think he makes a lot of money, but you know, <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's a contract that anybody would have done at that time for what he was. And I said I still think it's worth it. I'm because, rooting for the 49ers. I would I would enjoy them if, as somebody who could give a shit less. Um, truly, I don't care. Uh, I I I can't stand the Kelseys, man. Well, that's the thing. Fuck Kansas City because any team that does a seven old shot, oh, I knew is you'd go. There. Is automatically dead to me. So the hell with them. It's bad enough they have incredibly bad taste. They're you know they're stealing something from an, another place. It's not even their own. So they can go to hell. I I I don't like the Kelseys at all. I hate the both of them, Jason and Travis. I think Travis feels the Kelsey. This is sort of off topic, but I think it's super lame that a an All Pro tight end. For the end of the, the biggest game in America, had his own like reality show to get a girlfriend. At one point, Care it's just so <laughs> fucking lame. That is just yeah, but- so lame. Fuck you, dude. I, I know he was approached with that probably and whatever. But, yeah, but but still, I mean, come on. You, that is just the most lame ass thing ever. He's an exciting player and he's good. And his brother is an asshole. I, I he plays it's, for Philadelphia. I care less. I have no. These guys, every money and fame they can grab, because they're in the brand business, you know. And look what those silly shows have done to guys like Jesse Palmer. I mean, he's got a, a legitimate career now. That was, you know, because of that dumb show he was on, not because he was a backup for the the Giants or because he was a Gator quarterback. It's because he was the bachelor, but nobody refers to him as the bachelor anymore. Nobody refers to, there's a woman on him at all. Is he Palmer? I don't refer you don't watch all. enough. He, he's a, he's probably the number two analyst on ESPN for college football. Maybe he's, you know, I don't waste my time with ESPN. <laughs> I don't, not, not the analyst shows. Do you? College football, I do. I mean, yeah. it's part of SEC. Well, you stuff. just put it on so you can complain about it. No. Well, I mean, I do want to give a fart, actually, kind of tying this back to, you know, the Kobe talk. The Pro Bowl is fucking meaningless. And the only reason people watch it is because they're degenerate gamblers who will bet on anything. Having said that, well, in the middle of, you know, it was reported you know, past the TMZ timeline, but into like the ABC affiliate in LA confirming the story about Kobe. They don't go to a even on the scroll on ESPN during the Pro Bowl to to say that there's breaking news. I mean, unbelievable. Like no one gives a shit about that game. It's just for someone who calls it sports, uh, you know, the, the, the sports leader and, you know, for sports news, number one and everything, just to be that off. And then to have when they finally cut to a special report on it, the reporter actually saying, you know, we believe is all his kids are on the on the yeah, copter. The also, totally which wrong. was not true. It's like, oh, my God. But when they finally did say it, 
they had to say that, you know, it was first reported by TMZ, but confirmed by Adrian Wojnarowski. Like they had to get their little stamp that it was their story on there. I mean, ESPN is a, is is a horrible, you know, it's. If it wasn't the fact they had live sports on, I would never watch ESPN because it is just it's just an ass kissing infomercial for ESPN. And I don't know what their reasoning was for not giving that information, but I'm sure it served them somehow. I'm sure some focus groups had kept the fucking Pro Bowl on instead of giving that. So they get a definite fart for me. I think I have seen the clip of Sean Taylor at the Pro Bowl lighting up that punter cumulatively more time spent watching that than ever watching anything else at the Pro Bowl. And I'm not I, kidding. I, I think I've probably watched about four and a half minutes of that clip in my life, and I've watched maybe one minute of the Pro Bowl ever by accident. I could give a shit less about... The accolade is cool, and it's good for the players, and, and it's good for them to have a vacation where they hang out together, and they are... They are congratulated for their efforts for the year and that's awesome and it shouldn't be taken away as the quote pro bowl team but i mean it's nothing it's like being an all-american a as far as i'm concerned well if they really want to give them a, a vacation and celebration bring it back to hawaii yeah which that's fairly recent they pulled it from there was it like five years ago yeah they started they started having it in miami and orlando and stuff but you know you don't have to have an actual game yeah, I mean, I'm not interested. Play, the skills challenge play. is cool enough. Well, that's what they should do is have a skill challenge or play flag football or something. Now, I remember Robert Evan, Evan no, Robert Edwards, the old Georgia uh, running back, blew out his knee because they had a, they had a, a sand football game during yeah. – and he was done for his career for that. So, I mean, football is a dangerous sport and, you know – Four preseason games is too much. The, the the union doesn't want to go to anything past 16 games. There's no reason to play this game in this format. Do something where, you know, if you really need to bet on something, give them something to bet on. It's silly, but I, I, I it's just a who cares. Yeah. It, it, it can be for the players and not for money. <laughs> you don't have to televise what it is you guys do. If they just go out there and vacation or whatever – I could I will watch just as much of that as I do the Pro Bowl, which is yeah. Nothing. But here's the, but but here's the thing though, it still had better ratings than you know ninety nine percent of NBA games. It gets that huge. Blows it, my fucking mind. Does it really? Yes, because people gamble. You keep forgetting that you know that's a big. What do they gamble on for the Pro Bowl? Who wins? Yeah. Why over over on because gamblers are degenerates. I've been on anything. <laughs> If I put two cockroaches and race them to see who would, uh, you know, hop 50 feet, somebody would gamble on it. And the NFL is a very, very, very popular sport. The Hall of Fame game gets, you know, much bigger numbers than the All-Star game in baseball. It's, it's just a crazy thing. It's how many people watch it. Then a skills challenge is what it should be. It should be all the punters punting for distance and accuracy or something, and then all the kickers doing the same thing and quarterbacks the same. And I don't know what you do for a lineman. Maybe they a beer chugging contest. I'm not. I, sure. I don't know, but you know something. If you attached, you know, and now they're getting into micro gambling and stuff, and DraftKings can have a contest. You can bet on who wins, you know, 
these different things. You may see that someday. I'd rather. I'd, my, I would rather. My watch point. That. My whole point in this whole thing is as meaningless as this is. You can cut away from that to fucking talk about. Yeah. You know the biggest sports story in the last ten years. You know. Yeah. And now I'm going to cut away now. This has been a yes. very long episode. We covered a lot of things. Uh, I'm not sorry because uh, I think it was all relevant. But uh, yeah. Yeah, the next time you'll hear from us, it'll be post Super Bowl, and that will be draft talk. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll, I, it'll be not. We will not get into draft talk next episode, but uh, that's where we're. That's our next adventure, really. Yeah, we're going to. We'll be recording late Monday night. I'm going to be out west uh, on a ski trip, but I will be back Monday evening so we can record our our show Monday night and uh, have it up Tuesday morning. Yep, just in time for you to have all forgotten the Super Bowl already. <laughs> well, we're, I can guarantee you we're not going to talk about the commercials, the halftime show, the national anthem. So, yep, probably true. So, just be sure that you uh, follow us on on all our our websites or whatever: iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify. Um, just search Just Giants. Subscribe to us for free there, so that all of our episodes come into your feed automatically when we upload them. And you can follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump. Follow me as always on Twitter at the cranky fan as well. All right, everyone go giants. Go giants.